Let's get chilly. All right. Hello and welcome to Let's Chill. We did not. No, we didn't coordinate that at all. Can we keep this in the podcast? That'd be so funny. That'd be great. I mean, like Jeff's not here. You you can do it. it. Hey guys. Hello and welcome to Let's Chill, the official, unofficial Minnesota Ultimate podcast where today we are not joined by Jeff, who usually does the intros. So that was hilarious. Um, we're recapping the weekend's games. We got the Minnesota Strike, who finished their season 6-0. and That's going to be an incredible conversation. We're saving that for the end of the podcast for sure. And we're going to re- also recap uh, the Chicago game, the Minnesota-Chicago game that Minnesota walked away with a win, kind of narrowly there towards the end. I got a little scared, I'm not going to lie. Minnesota started to do that thing they do against Chicago where – they get a lead and then they get lazy fourth quarter. Chicago, I think, had what two or three points back to back that got close. So, anyway, exciting podcast today. Uh, I didn't come with the stall seven. Jay, do you have one? I I have two actually. Both of them are stats based. Um, one of them you already kind of gave with the answer to is going to be a silly one. Uh, you know, I was going to ask this just generally. Um, how many teams in the PUL went undefeated this season? One. Only the strike. Only only the strike. So that's only that's huge. Um, and the second one is something we were talking about at the game yesterday, actually. There are two players on the wind chill who have seven blocks this season. Can you name both of them? Okay, seven blocks. I'm going to say Tanner Barkas. I feel confident in that one. I'm going to say Sam Berglund? No. It's actually... No, it's Dylan DeClerc. Interesting. I know. Bergmeier has six. And Bergman okay. surprisingly only has four. And they're all like giant layouts too. Like, yeah. No, I think the clerk had two blocks yesterday. That's true. And I think Barkas only had the one yesterday. I might be wrong on that. Mm-hmm. But Okay. Dang. Yeah. I mean we'll we'll get to the windshield game. I just want to say real quick about the like players you just mentioned. I've been really impressed and surprised by a lot of the newer faces, specifically Tanner Barkas and Sam Berglund. I'm really like happy to see how they fit into the team and how they've been, I mean, especially Sam Berglund. I, I mean, he on the D-line has just been incredible um, to like the team's success. So shout out those two guys, Sam Berglund, Tanner Barkas. If you guys are listening, get on the pod. We'd love to have you. Yeah, and I'm I'm really impressed with some, some of these guys we've been talking about. You know, with Tanner Barkas having seven blocks, I mean, looking at him in the roster, it's like every every week he feels like a dark horse. And I feel like teams don't expect him either. Like, I don't know, like we watch all of the games and we're like, dang, there's Tanner Barkas doing Tanner Barkas things again. And he's doing fantastic. Mm-hmm. And we're like, wow, how does he do all of that? And we're surprised every time. And I just I feel like the opposing teams are always surprised because, I mean, Seven blocks. That's that's right. crazy. Seven blocks through four games. That's crazy. I mean, he he's definitely already fit himself into this team super well. And I just it's it's weird because they look like last week's player chatter. And there's not a lot of conversation about the Minnesota Windchill on the player chatter ever. Like I think last week was the first time I really saw like more than one. And one of them was about how Tan 
and Arbarcus is like such a slept on player and how he's so good. And I think it was like a Pittsburgh player. He was like, yeah, I had no clue Tanner Vargas was that good. And so it just kind of shows that Minnesota this year really is a lot better than a lot of people are expecting it to be. And that's, I mean, after our one loss to Chicago, we came back from that and immediately got it back, which just shows that like Minnesota is serious this year. And unfortunately, the post-game interviews that I took yesterday, the audio didn't work. But for those of you who missed it, which is everyone, uh, I asked Tristan Vander Martel, like, what was the, like, what what did we want to change going into yesterday's game, like in Chicago after having lost to them the week before? Like, what was like the mindset? And he told me straight up, it was to win. That was like he said, that's the only thing they wanted to do was go out and win. And I like that because it showed like Minnesota's driven this year. We got our eyes on championship weekend, and you can just see like I mean. You see guys like Tanner Barkas, who's a first year on the team. Like, this is his first year. He's not a 10-year veteran like Brandon Mattis. And he's busting his butt to get the team to championship weekend. So I'm I'm hoping that after the win against Chicago, the league as a whole starts to take Minnesota a little bit more seriously. Because that was a good game for Minnesota. Yeah. Other than that fourth quarter, like you said, Minnesota got a little bit a little bit a little bit lazy. Not not necessarily like lazy is the great word for it, but I think they started playing a little bit like, like they had it in the bag, you know, which I mean, mm-hmm. to be fair, they they did, they were up by four into that fourth quarter. So like they, they were pretty confident in their ability to close it out. Um, but they did give up a couple of back-to-back points. And yeah, I think that was a little bit scary being there and watching, but yeah, I think the chill mm-hmm. knew like we got this in the bag. We can, we can come back and get this win. Um, right. And just like looking at the central division standings, like as they are right now, Chicago's in third, but they're tied for third. Like, right? It's it's a close central this year, which we knew it was going to be. We knew that. I mean, going into this season, we were all like, "All right, we have Minnesota, Indy, Chicago." We thought Madison was going to be a lot better than they've been. And to be fair to Madison, let's let's make it very clear on the podcast: Madison is a good team in the central. Still, they've just had tough games, like. I think I saw, I was listening to the swing pass with Adam Ruffner and Daniel Cohen. And there was some like in their last four games, they lost by five or the last three games. They lost by four points total. So it's like, they've been close games for sure. So, I mean, even, even though they're 0-3 or. Yeah, they're 0-3. Actually, are they 0-3. No, cause they're playing today still. So they, yeah, Hey, maybe they'll be, they play maybe on they'll Sunday. be one three. Yeah. Today is Sunday. Um, but, but the point is, yeah, the Central is really close. So when you see Chicago is, what, two and two now is what they yeah. are? Like, yes, Minnesota is in first, but also that can change. Like, th- there's still plenty of season left where Chicago, Indy, Madison even can really make a resurgence. So, uh, yeah, I, big I win totally agree with that. Big win. Because, I mean, you flip it over. I'm sorry, I'm like, I'm... I'm Completely shutting you down right now. If you flip it <laughs> over and you say Minnesota gets that loss yesterday, I think that would have made it even harder for Minnesota to make a comeback because losing to Chicago is disheartening. <laughs> but if we can keep Chicago out of second place, I'll take Indy in the playoffs. I'm cool with that. Oh uh, yeah, and I, I totally agree with that. Um, especially because, like, I mean. Chicago next week moves back to play Indy. They play the Alley Cats next week. Um, and then 
Minnesota plays the Radicals next week. And yeah, the Radicals, like we said, they can they have a good team. I, I do think they just have a, have had a lot of unforced turns. They've had a bit of a, of a rocky start. I do think that's really once they get that figured out that they'll they'll they would have beat Chicago last week is my bet if they didn't have all those unforced turns. Like it was yeah. it was just a rough game for both of those teams last week. Right. Um but I mean Madison's playing Pittsburgh today, I believe. So that's gonna be a, yeah. a good game. And if Pittsburgh beats Madison today, Chicago is in third place. Yep. Fourth place, sorry. Like Yeah, because then Pittsburgh and Indy would be tied, right? Or yeah, Pittsburgh and Indy would be tied for second. So then Chicago would run out of fourth. But like like Pittsburgh is right there with, you know, ready to close that gap, ready to come up and, you know, be head of the league and to kick Chicago out. And I I think, I mean, personally, I slept on Pittsburgh this year. I did not think Pittsburgh was going to be a top three contender, you know, maybe, maybe top three, but like they'd be fighting for that third spot with Chicago, with Madison. Mm-hmm. If they win today, I mean, they're, they're tied for second. Like they're doing fantastic this year. Um, Chicago's mm-hmm. playing the Alley Cats next weekend. If the Alley Cats can beat Chicago next weekend, Chicago's, I mean, already in fourth place solidly. And I mean, we're playing the Radicals. So the Central Division standings are crazy different from last year. I mean, like, I I don't think any of us were expecting this to be the outcome. And after next week, I think we'll have a much better idea of what the standings are going to be in, moving into the future. Mm-hmm. And I'm, ext- I'm, I'm extremely pumped. Absolutely, yeah. I think... If uh, today's game with Madison Pittsburgh actually means a lot because I almost want Madison to lose just so Pittsburgh can edge out Chicago a little bit. Like that's what's interesting is that personally, I love Madison. I love when we face the radicals. I love the whole team. The fans are always awesome to like interact with. Like it's a great like team, but I'm kind of rooting for them to lose today so that Chicago can get knocked down because especially if they're going to Indy next week, Chicago and Indy play hard. That's always a hard game. And I don't know if it's, is it at Indy or at Chicago? Do you know off the top of your head? Um, I want to say it's at Indy, but it, I might be wrong on okay. that. Either way, while you're looking that up, what I've noticed, like not what I've noticed, what happens with Indy and Chicago games. And what happened last year is that it's a one for one match. Like they go back and forth on points. Last year, Indy had a lead quite a few times against Chicago. Chicago has a lead at Indy. So it's, it's always a close one. And so it, it'd be interesting to see Pittsburgh win today and then Chicago lose next week. That, that would be ideal. That would be like my perfect like central stand-ins. So. Yeah, I mean, I want to see Pittsburgh and Indy heading into that that central division finals. That would be awesome to see. Exactly. Um, I would love a Pittsburgh-Indy game and then win chill whoever wins that game game for like yeah. the second division championship. I think yeah. that'd be good. Yeah, and again, Winchill currently at the top of the Central Division standings. Going to be an awesome season to see. Kane, what do you think led to their win yesterday, though? I mean, they, they lost to Chicago in their first meeting of the season, but they they had took a pretty convincing lead yesterday. They did to Chicago what Chicago did to Winchill. So what do you think led led to that win yesterday? Mm-hmm. I got to give more credit to Tristan Vandermortel. Again, that interview I had with him, he kind of laid it all out for you. He said that now that they've got a chance to play Chicago and get their offense tested, because he said Chicago played tight defense, and that's true. I mean, we saw that. And he said that coming into this <laughs> game, they just wanted to play as hard as Chicago did. 
he said their their defense was tested and they were ready. And he was talking about how when Chicago tested their defense, they wanted to respond to that. And so I think playing-wise, we've seen Minnesota do what they've done all year. I, th- I think at this point, it was, they didn't really change up their game yesterday. It didn't really feel like, you know, we were scoring in the ways we've been scoring all year. We were playing defense the way we've been playing all year. It just felt a lot more, like, driven. And I don't want to say, you know, the game against Chicago last week, like, obviously, this, like, yes, they were driven. They wanted to win that. But I think because we lost to Chicago last week, it really lit the fire under the butts last yesterday. And it was like, all right, if we want to win first place in this division, we can't get sloppy. And I think we saw that yesterday. I think the windshield played a really good game. And yes, there were errors on both sides. There was obviously a lot of calls here and there that, you know, kind of got into players' heads a little bit, ended up making some mistakes here and there. But overall, I think Minnesota played a really tight game. And so I think what changed from last week, to answer your question, is their mindset of just, we have to get this one. Yeah, you know what? That's that's really fair. And I, I also think part of it was they had some players back. But, I mean, did you notice that Josh Klain didn't play? Neither did Coffin. The QB1 and arguably QB2 did not take the field yesterday. Jason Cheetah, not a single point. Jason Cheetah wasn't rostered yesterday. I don't think he exactly. was. Like, 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 oh, I'm saying like these these three players that we've been talking about as like anchoring the offensive handling didn't play. And do you know who played a lot yesterday? The most for Minnesota. Ooh, the most points for Minnesota yesterday. Most points played. <laughs> it, it might be a tie. I don't actually have all the all the stats okay. for each individual. See, this player. one's got to be Bergmeier, right? I mean, he was out there every point. I don't. It might be tied, but the one that's the stats are showing is Tristan Vandermortel. There you go. With 23 points played, Tristan Vandermortel also led Minnesota in completions. I'm telling you. He... Can you, not to get two stall 70 on you, he had twice as much as Tyler Tom Green, who was the second highest for completions yesterday. That is crazy. Tristan Vandermortel had 76 completions. Tyler Tom Green had 38. So literally double. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. Tristan Vandermortel... Hey, I mean, I, Brett Bergmeier got player of the game. Not saying he didn't deserve it. He definitely did. Brett Bergmeier is maybe the MVP. But Tristan Vandermortel, I mean, he had the highest plus minus in the game yesterday. He played his heart out. Yeah. Yeah. No, Tristan Vandermortel, like, and I was saying it at the game yesterday, is that I think yesterday he really, like, really showed and proved that he deserves to be on that starting line, whether it's offense or defense. I really don't care. But he deserves to be on that starting line. He, I was on all sides of the disc. Defensively, he was a menace yesterday. I mean, his his coverage is tight. On handlers, on cutters, like he he plays it tight. And then on offense, I mean, he can handle, he can cut, he can do whatever you need him to do. He's such like the definition of a utility player. But I'd say he's even better than the average utility player in that sense. Like, sure, maybe he's not the best hucker. Like he's not the best handler. But his handling capabilities are better than the average utility player, if that makes sense. Yeah, so I think I think Tristan Vandermattel is definitely a sleeper agent on the windshield. Same with the people like you know Tanner Burke, it's like we said before. So, yeah, um, 
I just I think the game stats from yesterday are extremely interesting to me personally. You know, with with missing a lot of our, you know, quote unquote star players, and you know, like player of the week to watch, Paul Krennic was on the field, PK. Um he did great yesterday. I mean, he had three goals. Mm-hmm. Um, which you might not know this looking at the stats right now. That's the most anybody on either team had. I'm looking at this goals. There are six people tied for first, at least on the AUDL mm-hmm. app. It shows, uh, and Paul Krennic is listed. So Minnesota, there there's not one player on Minnesota who had more than three goals yesterday. Dang, we we used our whole team yesterday, and I again, I just looked at this. I think that might have been what really led us to that win. We weren't relying on one or two guys. I mean. It's it's great. Josh Klein is you know QB one. He has the deepest throws and like the highest completion percent on those throws in the whole league. He, I mean, his hawks are just seventy yards and it's on a dime. Like I don't I don't know. Right. He's he's amazing. But yesterday yeah. we used our whole team and we came out with that win and it was just it's really impressive to see. Yeah, and that's definitely something Minnesota. I wouldn't say struggled with in the past, but it, it felt like they didn't play enough of their guys at once. And I feel like this year the roster has a lot of depth. Because, I mean, like, yeah, we were kind of worried going into this game. Or not this game, last week, with, like, how many people were missing out. And we were excited for this game. So, like, all right, we got Coffin back. We got Cheetah back. Like, we're going to have a, a – not Cheetah. We had Klain back and Coffin back this week. So, we're like, okay, we're looking forward to those two playing every point and just crushing. And they didn't play a single point, And we still did really well. And so, I think that speaks to Minnesota's depth, which – I'm going to say for the maybe confidently for the first time ever is one of Minnesota's strengths this year is how deep the roster is. Yeah. I, th- I think through those, those first five games, I think we can confidently say like, there's not, there's not a player who I wouldn't trust to put on the field. You know, if I, if I was exactly. Ben Feldman, I, the only issue I'd have is crap, which players do I put on the roster? You know, there's so many right. good ones. Right. Like I, you just like, make a list and then like have someone like a random number generator pick them and like well, I don't even know how you do it. Seriously. But, but while we're on the topic of incredible players, we mentioned his name earlier. Bergmeier for MVP, please. We already tweeted Bergmeier for president. But honestly at, at this point in the season, if we had to pick an MVP to send, I'd say Bergmeier. I th- think he has proven that to be his case. So anyway, big win against Chicago. I am um, so happy that we got to win at home against them. And I'm so happy that I was there for it. For those of you who don't know, uh, we lost to Chicago at home last year. In case you guys forgot, I wasn't there for that game, luckily. So I didn't have to see the devastating defeat at home. And the one game we did win against Chicago last year, I didn't get to watch because we were camping. So this is my first time really watching a Minnesota win against Chicago. So that was really nice to feel. Like as a fan, I was like, "All right, this is good." So, and don't forget, Minnesota plays Chicago again later this summer, midway through July, at home. That's for true. Sure. That's true. So that's our, that'll be, uh, be a fun game to watch. Oh yeah, any Minnesota Chicago game is is fun to watch. Those games have a, a certain intensity to them that I just like. I get into. I really, I really get to it. You saw me yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm jumping off the fence. I'm screaming, hollering. And it's always good. Yeah. So that wasn't the only big Minnesota win this weekend, though, Kane. We had, yeah, there's the hat. He's got the hat on. Minnesota strike. 
beat the Milwaukee Monarchs. I think they played in Madison, though. Yep. They beat the Milwaukee. Seasons. Oh, they did. Oh, that's such a that's yeah, such a good yeah. stadium. Uh, right. I... Uh, anyway, the Minnesota Strike won yesterday. Unfortunately, the game was not live streamed, so there was no way. Or right, sorry, two days ago now. Yeah. yeah, two days ago now. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Minnesota Strike won. They went undefeated. Unfortunately, there was no live stream. We didn't get to watch it. Um, so I don't know exactly what led to that strike victory, but it's probably very similar to what led to all their other victories, which is they're the most talented people on the field at all points of time. Like it's it's crazy. Exactly. Like, and, and I'll make it clear: they didn't win this game because they were five and zero when going into this game. They were five and zero because they are the team that works to be five and zero. Like. Like, I'm trying to find better ways to phrase that. If that makes sense, though, like, it, it like going into championship weekend now as a six and zero record, I'm not confident that they're gonna win their games because they're six and zero. I'm confident they're gonna win because I've seen them play. Like, I've watched their roster, I've watched their games, I've seen how every single player on the team, literally every single player, has made an impact. And I'm like, yeah, that's why they're winning. Like that, like I'm, I'm, I'm confident in this right team. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you look and, at a. Sorry, go ahead. Sometimes you look at a team and you'll be like, "Ooh, I kind of got a lucky win on this game," or you'd be like, right. "That was the wrong call," and that call definitely gave them the win. You know, not right. it's not that way with the strike. You're watching the strike, right. and it's just like, how are they going to win today? You know, right, right. And I've even had moments like, like as a Windshield fan, I get into it, and I'm like, okay, we're down by two. It's fourth quarter. I'm like, okay, shoot. I'm getting a little nervous here. But we've had games against, like, with the strike where, like, we go down by one or two points. And I'm like, yeah. We get down by four points. I'm a little bit more nervous. But I definitely, I feel like I trust the strike a little bit more than I trust the wind chill when they get to a deficit. I feel like the wind chill tend to uh, spiral a little bit more, whereas the strike tend to use that as motivation to kind of make a comeback. Not to say the wind chill don't do that. But yeah. Yeah. You've seen the strike do it more efficiently. And so, first off, real quick plug, if you're listening to the podcast, the Minnesota Strike need your support in order to make it a championship weekend. Uh, we have retweeted the link. We'll try and post the link at some point soon again uh, to go donate, help support the strike, get them championship weekend, make sure the whole dang league knows that the strike are the best. Call freaking chow, all right? Go donate. Anyway, sorry, had to, had to plug that. Oh yeah, I think that's the great thing to plug as well. Um, definitely want the striking. It's in DC this year, uh, dominating. You know, a championship weekend like we got to see them do so much this year. And again, like I'm saying, coming back from those deficits, I think it um, kind of goes back to what you know Daniel Byer said on the podcast, which just like she mentioned Robin Fennig thinking that she can win, but like the whole team thinks we can win, and they never stop thinking we can win. They're always you know. We're going to win this. We're going to do this. We have this, you know, they play every point thinking that they're going to win, thinking that they're going to get the point, thinking that they're going to get the break, you know, mm-hmm. and the way they play and the, their mindset and how they go onto the field and how they approach everything, even when they're in a behind, even when they have a two or three point deficit, yeah, they just go out there and they say, we're going to win. And then they do. Yeah. Now this team feels really tight. It feels like really Cohesive. I think I, I think I used that word on the last time I did. A, I, I was on the pod. 
And I, I stand by it. Like, and one thing that the Minnesota strike does that I absolutely love is they have uh, a player do over the, like take over the Instagram for the day of the game or whatever, like the day before. I think that's awesome. And it, and you kind of just see how the strike works as like a unit and you see all the players always interacting with each other and like, like the chemistry they've built as a team, I think really plays into that because there is such like a trust to their roster that we've seen on the field. And Hey, being six and oh now and winning winning their sixth game on an away game i think was also nice because it kind of shows like all right it's not just in front of the home crowd that they're having these wins like obviously they've had road wins but i mean they ended the year on a road win and that's that's always difficult to do because the last game of the season when you're in front of the home crowd i mean the monarchs you already know they were like all right we have to get this win in front of the home crowd so go strike a chow even I will say real quick, I was a little disappointed because we didn't get to watch the strike game. And I think we're gonna we're gonna deviate from the actual content of the game for a little bit and more just the content of like the Frisbee community in general. I think it's really disappointing that the PUL doesn't have the same accessibility as the AUDL does. And I think it's a really big missed opportunity for women's sports and professional ultimate as well because like i saw a picture a tweet yesterday from the minnesota strike monarchs game and it was like and they say nobody watches women's sports and there's a picture of Bree stevens field packed like there there's an audience for these games i was at work friday night and it was dead like there was no one at work and i was like i would love to be watching all like the strike right now and so I, I think next season for sure, there needs to be a better, I guess, stream platform or more accessibility for the Premier Ultimate League, for, for women's ultimate in general, because there's an audience for it. There there's obviously we I want to cover them, but when I can't watch the game, what do I do? Like I you know, I can go on their Twitter and I can see them update the score every quarter, but like I want to Again, and so Premier Ultimate League, if you're listening, first off, we'd love to get you on the podcast. Just leave the entire <laughs> I guess I know I guess I'm requesting like the head of the league, whoever that is, to be on the pod. But I don't know, maybe they need to do a like a team up with AUDL TV or something. But there's an audience for it. Can we please, please, please promote and allow people to consume women's ultimate? Like Yeah, and I mean like the strike, I mean, we watched strike. We went to as many home games as we could. Like they are, I mean, they're a hometown team. We love to watch them. We watched, I watched every live stream of their game that I wasn't at in person. Like okay. I, I follow the strike as closely as I follow like the wind chill. I mean, I just love ultimate as well. So I follow a lot of the AUDL and such. Um, but like, I agree. I think there, I mean, there could possibly be a team up with AUDL.TV. You know, I think I'd be a little bit, maybe a little hard um, and like logistically difficult to like really nail down. Um, right. Yeah. But like the game not being live streamed on Friday was kind of a bummer. Cause like I didn't get to watch the game, you know, and like I had a free Friday night because right. I, I'm a loser right. and I watch ultimate Frisbee on Friday nights. Like that's what I do on my Friday nights. Well, you, know, you know what I got? You know what I did when I got home from Frisbee last night? I put on the aviators game. <laughs> did they win? I, yeah. For those of you who don't know, Pavel Giannis plays in the Los Angeles Aviators. We don't like Pavel Giannis. 
nothing against him like personally. He's probably he's probably like a great guy, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's actually like a nice person, but just as a player, he was he was a thorn in the side of Minnesota yeah. for like forever. He's so. good, so we don't like him, is what we're trying to say. For anyone yeah, who pre- yeah, pretty much. Anyway, back to the strike real quick. I don't want to deviate too much. Uh I am so pumped for championship weekend. My question for you. I don't want to say, do you think the strike are going to win? Because I was like, you know, as fans, we think the strike are going to win. But, like, I guess it's not really a question. It's more of just like a, do you agree with this statement? I, I think the strike are going to win in the way they've won all year, which is going out and dominating. Like, I I, I know that sounds really bad, but I just, I, I don't see them losing championship weekend. Obviously, they got tough games to play. I'm not saying it could be like an easy win, but I, I think they got it. Confident in them. Yeah, and I mean, like, I don't want to speak incorrectly, real quick, but I'm pretty sure Dragon Thrust, the team, Minnesota club team, uh, did really well in 2022. Did really mm-hmm. well in 2022. I'm pretty sure. Um, and I mean, Dragon Thrust has made up half of strike players and half of windshield players. Like it, it is. It's literally like take those two teams them together. It's like right. the strike is basically just so like Dragon Thrust women's players basically, and some some of them don't play on Dragon, but like they also have like people like Robin Fenny, you know, Daniel Byers. I believe Max Stroth played with Dragon Thrust. Um, yeah, maybe not last year. Anyway, the Dragon like Thrust they, roster. I know it has like a really like large alumni squad. So yeah, there's a solid chance that there's someone playing frisbee in Minnesota that they were at one point on Dragon Thrust. Exactly, and I just think um, like it's Dragon Thrust did really well last year. The Strike were doing really well this year, and it's just hard to imagine like other teams to do as well as the Strike do because we've seen them get to this point before with like right. through dragon and we've seen them do really well. So I, I, I am extremely confident that the strike, right. they might not dominate in the way that they have all year, but yeah. also like, cause they're playing That's the best the... teams, but like, yeah, I mean, we watched them beat New York and like, it was a tight game. So they didn't like, you know, like I'm pretty sure New York made it to championship weekend. I might be wrong on that. Don't quote me. Um, But like, it's, it's going to be, you know, tight games, but I do think that the, that the strike are going to win it all. Like, honest opinion, not just as a fan. Right. No, exactly. And I think as a fan, I'm saying, yeah, they're going to go out there and they're going to kick butt at championship weekend. But as, like, a realistically, just looking at, like, how the season has played out and just being like, yeah, like, obviously, yeah, the team that's 6-0 and going into championship weekend is favored to win. I mean, that's just common sense knowledge. But having been someone who has watched these games and seen it, I'm just like, yeah, like, that's that's a team that's built to win. And so if I was a if I was just like some random person who wasn't like affiliated with any like fan fan base, my money would be on the strike. And so I think that's really cool is that for the first time ever as a the first time ever as a Minnesota sports fan, I'm including every single Minnesota sport except for like WNBA. This is the first time I've been confident that we can win a postseason run. And I only say, because minus the WNBA, I'm not really a basketball fan. I don't really give a crap about basketball. I'm sorry. 
But as someone who like has watched baseball for years and years and years and football more recently and Frisbee for a while, I'm like, okay, finally a postseason where we can have a win. Thank you. Like it's it's relieving as a Minnesota sports fan to see the strike in a championship weekend. Cause now for me, it's like, all right, now I can sit back and just watch us get a win is kind of how I feel about it. So super excited about that. Real quick yeah. plug for the Minnesota strike, like organization. I need a mug guys. We need, we need a Minnesota strike mug. I can't keep recording these podcasts and not be able to pull up my strike mug. I'm devastated. Like I have a collection of like seven mugs over here. I I cycle through them on the podcast. I need I need a little lightning cup mug. Should I get like a lightning McQueen mug? This is like we're we're going off the rails here a little bit. Should I get a lightning McQueen mug? I wonder like if the strike could sell lightning McQueen mugs. Let's say Kachow and like how quickly that would get like struck for right. copyright or whatever. Like I wonder, I wonder if they just descend from the heavens, take all the mugs and disappear. I wonder. Oh, when Wilson himself shows up, goes, know, just <laughs> anyway, ministers are goaded. All right, yeah. they are objectively the best team. And oh, it feels good to be able to say that. Like it feels so good in my heart to be able to say that the Minnesota team is the best team in the league and because of that i have the utmost confidence like to the point where if we do lose even a single game championship weekend you already know i'm gonna be like nah it's just the, the other team cheated like that's that's what that has to be oh like yeah yeah, yeah like, definitely definitely 100 yeah, yeah. So, no um in all seriousness go help support the strike get to dc for championship weekend let the whole yes. world know minnesota strike is best ultimate team in the pul um yes as always, thanks for listening. Stay chilly. And don't forget, I th- I think this art this podcast is presented by the R1P1 network. Lovely oh. team of dudes. They are providing amazing content, like great digital and like the, the marketing, the designing. It's wonderful. They make it so much easier for us to post these things because all we gotta do is record the podcast and post it now before we had to record the podcast and then there's like five other steps to do to make the podcast published and we don't want to do that and they get to do that for us so thank you so much r1p1 go follow them on instagram they have a lot of cool stuff and they follow a lot of others minnesota sports so if you want to see some other sport content go check them out uh check us out at windchilltalk.com or on instagram twitter windchilltalk and yeah stay chilly ka ciao